Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to localjobnetwork.com radio, the place for all your employment-related insights and knowledgeable professionals. I'm Tim Muma, and this is Moving Up the Ladder, where the success of your career is always our focus. Now, how often do you hear about experience being vital to an individual's success? While it is certainly valuable, there's a school of thought that says the inexperience may have an edge. To discuss this concept further, we have Liz Wiseman on LJN Radio. Liz is a former executive at Oracle Corporation and now is a researcher, executive advisor, and speaker. She also has a new book out that dives into this subject called Rookie Smarts, Why Learning Beats Knowing in the New Game of Work. Liz, how are you doing today? Well, I am doing great. Thanks for inviting me into the conversation, Tim. Definitely. It's an interesting topic and a conversation piece for sure. I wanted to start off before we get into some details, just asking you, why did you dive into this? What inspired you to write this book and really dig for this research? Well, you know, this book was, I think, part of my post-Oracle therapy. I, I had worked at Oracle for 17 years and they were 17, I, you know, I would say 16 and a half exhilarating years where <laughs> honestly, I, I never once had a job that I was qualified for. Hmm. You know, I, I was uh, a year out of business school and they asked me to manage the training department for this very, you know, rapidly growing company and to build Oracle University. And, you know, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. No one seemed to mind. Um, And job after job inside of the company, I just was so pushed beyond my current capabilities and it was exhilarating. And I finally woke up one morning, decided, you know, I was at last kind of qualified for my job and I wasn't having fun. Hmm. So I left Oracle in search of something I didn't know how to do. And I think one of the nagging questions I brought with me was, you know, as I, I finally felt knowledgeable and like an expert. And as I embarked on this new journey, I wondered, how does what I know, how is that going to get in the way of what I don't know and probably need to learn? Because the world was starting to change really, really fast. Right. This explosion of information and information sort of becoming obsolete and, and cycles spinning really fast. And it was a question that um, I thought about for years and decided um, to do some research and to find out when not knowing how to do something was actually more valuable than knowing how to do something. Well, it is fascinating because you hear so often, of course, as I mentioned off the top, experience being this valuable asset and so many people feel uncomfortable when they don't have that knowledge or, or that specific experience. What would you point to are some of the traits maybe that you had or that in general inexperienced individuals have that give them that edge or allow them to be pushed more than someone who seems to, quote unquote, know it all? My research team and I, we studied about 400 different work scenarios. And, you know, the work might be build a training class, debug a software program. Sure. Um, I think the most complex one was manage the build out of a huge corporate campus. And we looked at how an inexperienced person did that task and how an experienced person did and the behaviors, the mindsets and how well they performed. And here's what we found. We found that the top performing what I call rookies, inexperienced people, work in very different ways than top performing experienced people. And we found that in a number of circumstances, those without experience tend to perform at higher levels, particularly in the knowledge industries where the work is innovative in nature and, and when time, speed matters. Mm-hmm. And I looked at you know how rookies tend to operate and I, I kind of organized them into four sort of modes that you tend to see with inexperience. The first, I call it the backpacker mode, is, you know, people are unencumbered. They aren't burdened by knowledge and assumptions and resources and reputation, you know, that they have to defend. So they venture further out than their more experienced colleagues. The second, I call the hunter-gatherer mode because uh, unlike, I think, the common 
conception of what newcomers bring, you know, fresh ideas, I find the value is actually that they bring no ideas at all. <laughs> you know, so, and I think that's what I brought when they asked me to, to build the university. I really, I had no idea. And what we find is that people tend to go into this heat seeking mode. They're out hunting for expertise and they're gathering it in. We found that people without experience tend to bring in five times the level of expertise on a problem than people with experience. Wow. It's the network effect of not knowing how to do something. And, sure. And often they're, they're bringing in a diverse view of expertise and a more current view than any one expert would hold um, him or herself. They also tend to be really cautious because, like you said, it's very uncomfortable to be out in this rookie space. And we don't really like it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So we're cautious. And we operate in these like little thin slices. We experiment. But because it's uncomfortable, we move really fast because we're trying to kind of catch up to a, a new peer group and establish ourselves uh, or just reduce the discomfort. Mm -hmm. I call this fire walking, you know, moving cautiously but quickly. <laughs> and lastly, they tend to, you know, operate in this kind of pioneering mode, hungry, scrappy, relentless, and, and focusing on the basics and getting the basics right, which, you know, tends to delight customers. They tend to operate in these lean, agile, frugal ways. Interestingly, it's how a lot of companies are trying to get their established workforce right. to operate. Well, and I appreciate you bringing up the different modes that you explore and sort of discovered in going through some of your research and obviously writing the book. I wanted to touch on a couple um, in a little bit more detail, if you don't mind. The hunter-gatherer one, the idea of the seeking out the experts, a couple things popped in my mind. One, with the experienced individuals, is there a little bit of for lack of a better term, ego, that they might not seek out the advice of other people that they think, you know, I, I should have the answer. I don't want people to think I don't know this versus the inexperience that, hey, I'm going to go ask anyone and everyone. Have you seen that come up at all in your research? You know, absolutely. And, you know, the default when we have experience, our default is to just not ask anyone. We think we have the answer. Right. What was interesting is when we asked the individuals, how many people, you know, did you go out and consult with? They report a much higher number than their manager report. Okay. And I think one of the reasons why is when we have experience, we do tend to go talk to other people, but we're often talking to people, sharing what we know, kind mm. of listening to ourselves think, or we're seeking out people who are going to confirm our own biases. You know, this is one of the great problems that technology has given us is that we, we can configure our information flows to kind of hear back what we already believe. Sure. And we do find that when people don't know what they're doing, you know, they they have nothing to confirm. So they go out and they just, in this hungry mode, they start asking people. And often they'll ask a lot of them. Um, I remember one IT manager who got, couldn't, got put in charge of vendor management for his company. He knew nothing about this. He said, within two weeks, I had talked to 25 people Jeez. who had expertise in vendor management. I knew the questions to ask. Right. I knew what to look for. You know, we get smart really fast when we're uncomfortable. Another aspect to uh, the one you're talking about with, I guess it could be backpacker and pioneer. I mean, you talk about pushing the boundaries with the pioneer and you talk about not being stuck in ways and exploring new terrain as far as the backpacker. How much of that goes to having less or little to lose when you are that rookie or you are inexperienced? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the dangers of experience is not just knowledge, it's, I guess you would have to call it pride. And, you know, when we've established a track record, you know, we tend to get in the mode of defending that track record. And, and we often operate in very incremental steps above our current personal best or, or track record. And, you know, we're starting to play the game not to lose. Right. 
versus not to win. You know, there's something Mark Parker, the CEO of Nike, said very recently. Um, it was actually during the World Cup time. He said, there's no more dangerous position than playing it safe. Hmm. And I think he captures it well. It's actually very dangerous when you're only playing defense. Sure. You know, and you don't have that striker offense mentality. Yeah, I and I love, you know, you you mentioned the phrase playing not to lose as opposed to playing to win. I I love that idea. I I use that personally and coaching and and everything else. So, I hope that can resonate with people in understanding that difference. I think I think that really does come through here with what you're talking about. With all of these, with the idea of the rookies and even you alluded to it is how fast things are moving now. How much does technology play a role in the pace of our work and our lives? How much of that is really endearing itself more to the inexperienced versus the veterans? You know, well, it is. And um, I come from the tech industry. I grew up in tech. And sometimes, you know, people who aren't in that industry will look at some of my research on this and other topics and say, but isn't this relevant to tech? And the answer is kind of, yes, it is, because tech isn't an industry anymore. Tech is a platform that has permeated all industries. Good point. There's very few jobs that haven't been affected by technology and those cycles aren't driven by technology. And, you know, if you work in STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, math, if you work in the sciences, when you look at the rate at which new information is becoming available and the rate at which it's becoming obsolete, I put those two calculations together and I figured if you have any touch points into technology, about 15% of what you know today is likely to be relevant in five years, <laughs> which is, you know, when I did that little calculation, I, you know, I kind of had to jump out of my seat and, and okay, let's, let's go conservative on that. Let's say you don't work right in technology or science or math. Your industry uses it heavily. Right. Let's say that, in, that number is 50% at a really conservative level. Mm-hmm. About half of what we know today is not going to be relevant and I think, you know, one of the messages that I see in this, this data and this research is that as our work cycles spin faster, you know, our learning cycles have to spin faster too. And that whether we like it or not, everyone is going to be a rookie. You know, I think one of the ways people might misinterpret this concept of rookie smart is that, oh, well, she's talking about millennials, about the young. Sure. And it's just not the case at all. It's a way of working that we need to maintain you know, into the advanced stages of our career, we're all going to be rookies at the pace that things are changing. I think that's a great differentiation for people to hear and to understand. As you said, um, you know, you saw a lot with your work at Oracle, but um, the way p- things are going right now, as you said, everybody's going to be a rookie at some point, which leads me to the next question is, how do people sort of reclaim this rookie mentality or how do they get into that mindset because there are going to be a lot of people are stuck in their ways for one reason or another, don't have those opportunities. Is there a way to create this? Does it have to be at the, you know, at the level of the company sort of putting people in these positions? What, any suggestions there? I firmly believe after doing this research is that we can maintain this mindset. And, and I'm in no way suggesting someone stay permanently in this, the state of kind of naive cluelessness because that's, that's fairly annoying. It's, <laughs> I think the aspiration we should hold is that we are perpetual rookies, meaning that we have the ability to draw on our hard-won experience and knowledge and savvy and all the great things that come with that experience, but that we can toggle over and kind of recapture our rookie mind and this way of working and toggle back and forth depending on the situation. And I think to reclaim this capability, our rookie smarts, you know, the more I look at it, I think there's an easy way and then there's a hard way. <laughs> and 
for myself, I usually take the easy way. Um, the hard way is is to you know continually train our mind, you know, um, to to learn to think like a rookie, to go back and audit our assumptions periodically, mm-hmm. to test which are true and aren't true, to you know discipline ourselves to ask the naive questions in meetings, the questions that simplify and clarify, to you know stop ourselves when we think we know how to do something, we're just about to embark on a new project and say, you know what, go multiply your expertise here. Go get that 5X effect, even when you think you don't need it, to staple ourselves to hard problems you know, and let them take us to new spaces. These are things that will keep our mind thinking and acting um, like rookies. And those are some of the, the harder ways. They work. But I, I tell you, here's the, the easy way. For me, the easy way is to just go sign up to do a job that you don't know how to do, or mm-hmm. take a challenge that frightens you, something that's a size or two too big. I find that when we do that, it forces us. I mean, we become rookies again. And with a quick refresher on the ways that rookies work and the way that we have worked at our best, I find we very quickly switch into that mode. So to me, that's the easy way. Just say yes to something hard. Well, I think, uh, you know, the information you brought us, some of the items we've talked about, it definitely makes sense on a lot of levels. And uh, hopefully our listeners can take away something from our conversation. And if not, of course, they can check out your book, Rookie Smarts, Why Learning Beats Knowing in the New Game of Work. And Liz, I want to give you the floor here at the end just to give our listeners that final takeaway, anything you would like to leave them with today based on our conversation. Well, well, Tim, you know, there's one more thing I found in the research that I might want to leave on. We asked people, over a thousand people, how challenged are you in your job? And how satisfied are you? And we found a near perfect linear correlation between the degree of challenge and the degree of satisfaction. That not only do we tend to do our very best work when we're out in this rookie zone doing something important and hard for the very first time, it's where we're our happiest. It's where we find the greatest satisfaction, if not joy, in our work. So I think in summary, you know, it's really never too late to be a rookie. It's actually a vibrant, fun space. And the time is probably right for companies to get this rookie smart way of working across their entire enterprise. All right. With that message, we will close out this edition of Moving Up the Ladder and talking about rookie smarts. Specifically, we've been talking today with Liz Wiseman. She's an author of the new book, Rookie Smarts, Why Learning Beats Knowing in the New Game of Work. Liz, thanks for coming on, sharing some of your insights today and uh, giving the listeners some idea of what to find in the book and as well as what can help them in their career. So thanks for coming on. Tim, thank you. Of course, if you'd like to reach out to us with any feedback or if you'd like to offer suggestions for future shows, you can email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter. Find us at the LJN. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.